Hello, welcome to the Tuesday, June 9th, 2020 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Base64 is certainly still a very popular encoding format, and in today's diary, DDA shows how to use his translate.py script to translate parts of a particular file that happen to be Base64 encoded, and doing so with essentially a quick regular expression and a lambda function that does the actual conversion. A lot of other scripts will translate the entire file, but particularly with malware, you may end up with files that only have certain base64 strings contained within them. And this allows you to just expand those particular strings. And remember a few years ago, fake anti-malware was sort of a big thing or fake antivirus. Lots of websites out there were peddling uh, what they claimed to be antivirus, anti-malware that then turned out to be malware after the user installed it. And I actually think some of the early ransomware used this trick as well. Probably still happening, but don't really see it happening that much anymore. Instead, according to Bleeping Computer, looks like the ransomware gangs now sort of have found their own version of this scheme. On this podcast, I've mentioned before when we had decryption software that people came up with for certain ransomware families. And of course, that's always a good thing Then you don't have to pay the ransom anymore. Now, one reasonably somewhat popular uh, piece of ransomware, the Stop or Deja Vu ransomware, has had decryptors for some of the versions of this ransomware, but not for all. All of them. It looks like some bad guys now picked this particular ransomware to advertise fake decryptors. Now, these fake decryptors apparently will just encrypt your files once more. So now in order to get your files back, you have to pay two ransoms. If you find yourself in a situation where you do have to decrypt uh, in files that were encrypted using ransomware, the best place to look is probably nomoransom.org. Uh, that site is run by a number of different anti-malware companies, and I believe some government entities are also sort of supporting this site. Or just go to your antivirus vendor of choice, someone that you trust. They often also offer free decryption tools. And by now we all know that it's not easy to get TLS uh, right. Uh, we had a lot of vulnerabilities, of course, uh, with TLS in the past. And looks like TLS 1.3 isn't an exception here, but the vulnerability I'm going to talk about is an implementation vulnerability, not a vulnerability in the protocol. TLS 1.3 has this neat feature where it's easy and fast to resume a session. Now, in order to resume the session, you should need a master key that was negotiated in the session that you are going to resume. But looks like GNU TLS didn't get that quite right. And as a result, it's able to resume sessions without using actually a master key. So with this, it's now possible to launch a machine in the middle attack against a client in a server and intercept the connection effectively eavesdropping on it. 
Now, if a site tries to resume a session without master key, that's supposed to fail, of course, and then it sort of goes back to setting up a new connection from scratch. Little interesting tidbit here that also may have helped sort of uh, slip uh, this particular vulnerability under the radar is that it actually cannot be reproduced using the GNU TLS CLI tool that comes with GNU TLS. Instead, well, you have to use the OpenSSL client tool, uh, which comes with the OpenSSL and LibreSSL uh, library to actually uh, reproduce this problem, just simply uh, because actually the GNU TLS CLI does not sort of have a feature to implement session resumption. And then we got a new vulnerability in the universal plug and play or UPnP protocol. Now, that's another protocol that has caused a lot of headaches in the past, usually due to missing authentication in the protocol itself. Well, that turns out not to be really the problem here, uh, just sort of the way the authentication, also encryption is being done just on the client side. The trick here is that essentially we are sending a subscribe command, which sort of uh, subscribes to a particular service and then tricks the recipient, the server that receives the command to actually then reach out to a URL. And that, according to the discoverer of the vulnerability, could then be used to leak data or launch denial of service attacks. Overall, I don't rate this as a real all that critical vulnerability. UPnP should never ever sort of transfer across your boundary. Even internal, uh, the use of uh, UPnP should be quite limited in enterprise networks, home networks. That's where it's more difficult to sort of get rid of universal black and blade. And this week and next week, with next week being sans fire, we do have a number of... Uh, Internet Storm Center handlers who are participating in the SANS at Mic program. These are talks that are open to the public. So if you're interested, take a look. Uh, today, actually, Xavier gave a talk. Sorry, I didn't pre-announce that, but you can still find this in the archive. On Wednesday, it's Jim Clausing's uh, turn, and he'll be speaking about shellcode analysis. So definitely something if you're into reverse malware analysis. And that's again on Wednesday, June 10th at 15.30 Eastern or 19.30 uh, UTC. Thanks for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.